Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Hi, everyone. I am Marine Jersey, manager in the Geneva office of Robert Walters. I am very pleased to welcome Vincent Keller today, with whom we will discuss about the major topic in recruitment. Vincent, hi. Glad to speak to you. Good morning, Marine. As a global recruiting firm, we are facing an increasing demand in interim assignments for C-level roles all across Europe. The assets and added value for those types of assignments are well known on the different markets and companies know most of the time when they need to get an interim C-level on board to carry out a due diligence or to redesign their entire business model, for instance. But even if the need and the timelines are clear, um, handling a business transformation remains tough, even for a talented interim manager. Throughout this podcast, we will try to answer to this following question. Is there a secret recipe for a successful business transformation? And I am delighted to get the opportunity to pick your brain, Vincent, as you manage various transformation programs across Europe and the U.S., enlisted companies, SMEs, and startups as well. Um, in a nutshell, Vincent, can you please share with us a few details regarding your career paths? Yes, for sure. And, and first of all, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this uh, experience. And uh, yes, I spent the last 25 years uh, managing large transformation programs. I was uh, initially in the perfume and flavor industry for more than 10 years. After that, 15 years in private equity, where I had a chance to manage seven transactions uh, of a few hundred millions. And at the last five years, I was mainly working with startups, where I helped them to promote innovation that could be used in, in those large corporations. On the top of this, the last 20 years, I was involved in, in speakers in university in Paris and in Lausanne at the APFL. So very pleased to be there with you today, and uh, hopefully you find this uh, insight and transformation useful. It should be, actually, it should be. Um, so, Vincent, in your opinion, why does the majority of such transformation programs in company often fail? What is particularly difficult about succeeding in a, in a business transformation? So my, my simple answer is uh, it, it's all about people. It's all about uh, cultures. But the, the, the major source of failures, in my view, are always related with uh, people. And uh, most of the time with people ego, you are in the board, you are the new executive. You have to demonstrate that you bring value. And very quickly, you know, you want to show you have a roadmap to do the change. And uh, typically, we talk about the famous 100 days when you join a company to uh, demonstrate that you bring value to your company, your investment, or your private equity. And sometime in 100 days, you don't have the great ideas, but because you want to show you a good leader, you will do something. Or sometimes it's simply because people want to justify their role, or because they want to create a sense of urgency and those are, you know, political reasons why you do uh, business transformation. But those are not the fundamental that are required to be successful. So in my view, when I'm joining uh, organizations, small, big or medium size, I always start to look at investor, board and the executive. 
and all start at this level. If you cannot have an alignment at the board level or with your investor, you start very quickly to have misalignment in the organization and uh, it doesn't help to develop the, the, the plan into something that will be tangible for the people in the organization to make sure that they align with this approach. So to answer simply in a nutshell to your first question, it's all about alignment between investor, board and executive. Yeah, true. And according to you, what would be the ingredient of a successful transformation? So, uh, unfortunately, I cannot share the last 25 year experience, but starting as an engineer 25 years ago, I was thinking working on process. If you say to people what to do, they will do it. Believe me, it's not the case. So I start to implement system. I start to implement process, KPI, bonus, incentive. And I failed in most of those approach because at the end of the day, what I learned is that working on the behaviors of people, on the belief of the people, in other words, the culture. But you know, the culture is a little bit like la tarte à la crème. Everybody talk about it, but not a lot of people know what it is really to talk about having the right behaviors in an organization. So for me to impact the culture, you need uh, to find ways to change and, and, and to impact your culture. But this is not about having a survey from the employee or changing your website where you put the list of your value. To work on the company culture, you need to work on a people belief. If they already don't believe they can be successful, if they believe that the history of the company doesn't bring them where they want, they will never follow you to make a net next change. So changing the belief of an organization is key. And uh, my secret in all that is how do you change the belief is by creating experience with people. How do you create an experience uh, you know, for 5,000 or 10,000 employees that they start to understand that we will do things differently. And that starts with a lot of details, but you have to convince one person at a time. And how do you create those experiences for the people is the critical ingredient, in my view, to have a successful uh, business transformation program. Mm, and that topic definitely fails sometimes, I, I assume. <laughs> Um, I can share a lot of examples. I remember one company that had a billion debt for 500 million revenue and had zero EBITDA. And this company fundamentally had this belief that the salespeople were not successful. So as long as they were not successful and they believed they were not successful, there was no way to increase the top line. So we start to create different experience for them to realize that their fundamental belief was negative about the company. And it's how do you change this belief that suddenly we could reduce the size of the sales team and even increase faster the top line of the company. Okay. And on the other side, what are the common pitfalls to avoid when setting up these transformation programs in companies? Do you have any, any insights regarding this? So th there is probably a very long list. And, and if you Google it, you will probably find thousands of them. Um, but to, to help, uh, you know, the, the people who listen to us is, uh, I believe there are three of them. And the first one is around the communication and making sure that the communication is inclusive, that you don't only talk for, you know, the one who is the most upset or the, the customer that is uh, the, the, the most noisy. Communication, including, including everybody, making sure that everybody understands why we do the project. This big why uh, is, is really critical. The second thing is about having a team that is driving the transformation that is dedicated. 
I don't think it's something that you can do on Friday afternoon just before going on the weekend. It must be you must be dedicated for that, and the team must be diversified. Again, making sure that it's cross-functional and that you represent all the most of the interest in the company. So the third element uh, that is very often missing, the pitfall, is uh, having a good understanding of what is the root cause of the, the challenge faced by the company. Why do we do this transformation? Is it just to please all CEO, or is it because fundamentally the customers have a problem with the service we deliver? And for me, the, the secret world there is having a clear process map. And I'm using this all the time is to make sure that I don't forget uh, any steps in, in, in the normal processes. And usually it's not rocket science, but do you have a proper scouting? Do you have a proper innovation? Do you have a proper R&D? Do you have proper communication between the function? And uh, there what I learned is that if you talk with your executive team, each of them will, get, will uh, pass you what I call the monkey on their shoulder. What I mean is they have a problem and what they want is to give you the problem and they hope that their monkey jump on your shoulder. So at the end of the day, if you talk with 10 people, you have 10 problems on your shoulder and you become the owner of the problem. And I think that to transform a company, it's the opposite. We need to understand what are the one or two root cause that are generating those 10 problems. So it's a very delicate balance between listen to uh, the existing management team and building your own opinion and having enough expertise in the different elements, in the different functions to identify what is the root cause of those problems. And uh, to, to illustrate this with an example, I was in a company that had roughly 6,000 employees, including 5,000 drivers. And uh, we have done all this good stuff. Communication was already implemented, the team was implemented. But what I realized is that in the project team, nobody was representing the 5,000 driver. And the 5,000 driver are meeting the customer, the 250,000 customer every day. And those two bodies, customers and driver, were not representing the team. So, in fact, you are looking at yourself and you try to see how you can improve when fundamentally you need to look at your market and what's the voice of uh, your customer. So, very important, inclusive communication team diversity and understanding the root cause of your challenge and not uh, you know, providing a solution based on politics. Okay, and once everything is settled, if I may say, because it, it's it's like high demanding, highly demanding in terms of resources, of energy, what's the best resource to call upon to make a business transformation succeed? Do you think a chief transformation officer, for instance, is the best solution to guide uh, the company through the transformation process? So my view, there are two, two schools, I would say. The first one is people are looking at internal resource, which is probably a good thing if you have a complex company uh, cultures and, and, and organization. But obviously, this kind of people uh, have limited experience in business transformation. The second school is about having external resources with the advantage that you have people that have a lot of experience in business transformation, but usually they are not seen as employee, as part of the crew, part of the team who is doing the business transformation. So uh, personally, and that's a completely personal opinion, I don't like to, to bring consultant on board because employee never see consultant as being uh, part of the family, part of the team, you know, they are there for a limited period of time. 
And usually they, they, they are very cautious on what they say to their customers because they want to have a longer mandate and getting more revenue. I know they are not all like this, but I'm talking about overall trends. Mm -hmm. What I personally believe is that what, what I'm proposing to the company when I'm joining those kind of programs is to join as an employee, as a member of the executive. So I'm, I'm part of the family. I'm joining for a, a certain period of time, usually two to three years. So I'm part of the family. I can bring the tools. I can bring the methodology. And my challenge is always to learn how the company cultures and how do we build those experience that I was referring before. So the experience change the belief and suddenly you start to inject uh, a certain dynamic. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a big defender of the change transformation officer. Usually I start with you know a very short mandate. You know you will probably call this an interim uh, transformation officer because I want to get a feeling if my personally fit with the company uh, that want to do the transformation. But once this short period is uh, is done, that mandate is complete. I want to to show that I'm there for for the long term. So if I can summarize what what's my view on those resources. I prefer to have a new employee because it's a very clear experience for the, the, the employee of the company that a change is coming. I think it must be integrated in the existing structure because it gives credibility and empowerment and not creating you know, those side functions uh, that, that are coming out of the blue. There it's really being part of the executive. And the difficult decision is the length of the mandate. Because if it's too short, you cannot influence the culture. And if it's too long, you you start to be too much part of the family and you don't mm. challenge them enough. So the, the fourth elements I would put in this uh, selection criteria is to make sure that the, the CTO can be part of this trio, the, the, this group of three people between the chairman, the CEO and the CTO. If those three relationships are not working, you don't keep your investor roughly under control, or at least in a given work frame, and you need to make sure that the CEO is communicating the same message in the same way. So it's all about finding the right balance, and sometimes you will find an internal candidate, sometimes external, but I mean, I would use those criteria to pick the right candidate. Mm. As often as we say in French, you have to get alignment with the head, the heart, and the legs, right? Exactly. Okay, so um, let's first the circle with the question we raised at the start of this podcast. Um, what does the patent remedy of a successful business transformation look like according to you? You know, for me, those transformation is more an art than, than a, a science. What I mean here is that there is no magic recipe. And uh, in my career, I've seen a lot of large consulting firms that are coming with the same approach, a certain methodology, some KPIs, and, and they claim that those are the best practice. Uh, I never saw best practice in, in my, my life. I mean, they change all the time depending on your environment. And fundamentally, because there are no magic recipe that you can just cut and paste between different organizations, one, one thing that is critical for the success is again, finding this good balance. If you take too much risk, and you change everything, you know, it becomes impossible to people to project themselves. And if you don't change anything, uh, you know, you don't have a business transformation. So I, I know it's a little bit obvious, but those are fundamental questions where 
for me, reinventing solutions where you can benefit from your experience, take enough risk and making sure it's not too slow, but not too fast and that you get a buy-in from the people and that you can adapt the company cultures is, is uh, fundamental. So it's all about reinventing uh, a solution with the benefits of your experience and not being afraid to fail and to fail fast to learn. And, and I know everybody say this, right? It's nothing new. You have seen this all over the place, but it must come to the point where you congratulate people for failure. And I remember another project in the UK where we implemented five great IDs and everybody was impressed with the five ID, but to find them, we had a wondrous failure. And if you don't promote failure, you don't find those five great IDs. So I'm back to this point where, you know, being central on, on the cultures and the value of the company is really critical. And if you allow me talking about success uh, and, and the failure to share a last example where I was in, in, in a public company and they had 20,000 employees and the CEO suddenly decided he would focus on one plant, 100 people, analyze what they do days and night uh, during a few months, defining the best practice and roll them out in the other 100 plant we had in the company. Guess what? During the first month when the CEO was in the plant every week, Obviously, the cost went down. Obviously, the sales went up. I mean, you have this, the CEO of the company uh, sitting in, in your ballrooms every day talking about you. But the minute we start to roll out those processes in other organizations, it just didn't work. Because even if you find a, a, an ideal process, when you copy a solutions in other sites, you know, people are not, uh, you have not touched their heart. You have not uh, convinced them. You have not uh, changed their belief. And what's happened is that naturally people are rejecting those kind of solutions. Then it becomes the challenge of the day. How can I demonstrate that the process coming from the moon is uh, efficient? Uh, is not efficient for me, so I can continue to do it uh, the way I want. Mm. And by the way, uh, we've planned to discuss about this topic, universal of creating an experience in a second podcast that we will broadcast in the following weeks. And I'm pretty sure you will have some many more details to, to share to like after like setting up all the, all the failures we can find in uh, building up this transformation program. I'm sure you will be able to, to give some insights regarding how to create value, how to build up something from existing, uh, existing uh, values as well. And, how to how to make it possible with people uh, as always. There is one word to remember for the second podcast. It's really the word creating experience for people, mm. because it's really the starting point of any business transformation. But we can leave this topic for the second podcast. Okay, Vincent, many thanks for this very qualitative insights regarding business transformation. Um, and to our listeners and viewers, stay tuned for the next episode of our Robert Waters podcast, Navigating Through Time of Changes. Take care. Bye. Bye.